Juana on Wednesday nights. Um, we're doing Disciplers. Uh, it's a online. It's an online uh, curriculum that we've been using for Children's Church. It's been phenomenal. Uh, just so it's so resourceful, and it just gives the kids just such handles on the Word of God in in on their level. It's just been incredible. Um, the empowered students. Um, there's no greater students on the planet than the, than your students. I uh, just love what I do. This is it's such an honor to to study God's word, to teach God's word, to hang out with you guys, my brothers and sisters, and um, it's it's just truly it truly is every single time an honor to be able to share my heart and let you guys just kind of kind of hear what uh, what God's been putting on my heart. Um, the message uh, today is called "Wake Up and Get Dressed." I'm I try to oversimplify everything sometimes. Uh, naturally, uh, the way I, I learn is I have to read a million different things, and it all goes into an end, you know, a bottomless bowl. And I'm trying to like, I'm not an A B C Roman numeral one two three kind of guy. I'm totally a like, put all this knowledge in a big bowl, and then you got to try to like filter through it. Um, but I, but God is helping me kind of get better at organizing my thoughts, and He's given me an awesome wife um, to help help me structure this. Um, but this message is called Wake Up and Get Dressed. We have to, I, I um, essentially this message is so simple because, um, you know, uh, we don't need to come, really, uh, so you guys are actually some of the, the, the smartest Christians on the planet as far as knowledge is concerned. You guys, could, every single one of you could go to a um, unchurched or un, uh, unreached people group in the world and give them years of of revelation from God, just based on what we know. You and I both know. We've, we, most of us have grown up in the church, so we, it's, just, it's just as like this constant, this constant knowledge that's just flowing through us. We know a lot of the right answers. Our, our students are brilliant. You ask them questions, they know the right answers. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, safe to say that sometimes, even in the midst of all that knowledge, uh, there are times when we can get sleepy in our faith. We can get kind of tired, kind of what's going on in our faith. And um, so that's kind of the message, the, the, the title of my message, Wake Up, Get Dressed. Um, today is Speed the Light Day. You'll notice the envelopes on the, on the platform. Um, we, we've done this the last couple of years. You guys have partnered with the teenagers, the empowered um, teenagers of basically... You pick up a you pick up an offering envelope. There's an amount on it. Kind of you just blindly go at it. I mean, if you really if you really want to if you if you're on a tight budget, I'll let you look at the numbers, you know. But you know, and if you pick up the one dollar bill, you got you have to pick up two or three more envelopes too. But there's there's um, uh, an amount on each one of these envelopes, all the way from one dollar to a hundred dollars. If every envelope is picked up and every envelope given back to missions, will raise a total of five thousand dollars. And so it's an incredible way for you guys to partner with the teenagers. By the way, our teenagers, I, um, our teenagers have um, been, they're, they're just going off the charts, inviting friends, uh, people that don't know Christ, people that do know Christ, um, really building our, our youth ministry. And it's, it's been fun. It's just, you know, last week was the first week that we actually had to bring out more seats because there's just, just such a huge influx of students. Just, and it's because of our students. So, Thank you guys for hearing the call to, to uh, reach out to, to your peers, to your friends, and present the gospel. Get them to a safe place to present the gospel. 
Um, so speed the light, what is speed the light? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. I mean, we are, but he's, he's given us that title, but ultimately Jesus is the light that's inside of us shining out. So we're speeding the light. Speed the light is the missions organization that the, chil- the teenagers give to. BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, is what the children downstairs will be taking an offering for. The teenagers work on speed the light. And so I'm gonna show a quick video on what speed the light is. This is Tim. Tim works as a missionary in a remote part of the world. These are the people that Tim is working to reach. If Tim doesn't have the tools needed, he can't tell them about Jesus and their eternity will be affected. What is the solution to this problem that you can help with? It's simple, money. You use it to buy food, movie tickets, and clothes. You get what you need and what you want with this tiny piece of paper. It can empower or control. But what if the money you earned did something more? All around the world, there are people who need to know about Jesus. And, as Christians, we know it is our responsibility to tell them. You have the power to make an eternal impact. When you give this piece of paper to Speed the Light, it can help Tim reach the unreached and bring light to darkness. You see, when you choose to share this tiny piece of paper that you could use to buy movie tickets, food, or clothes, your generosity and compassion can literally rewrite someone's story with the gospel. This small sacrifice on our side of the world translates into something huge. Respond to the love of God within you as He compels you to action. You have the opportunity. It's time to be the difference. Souls saved and lives changed. Speed the light. For every student that gives um, $100 of this year, our district youth director, David Botchby's, came up with an initiative called one in 605, 605 being the area code for South Dakota. But the initiative is um, every person that gives $100 gets a t-shirt that says, I am one of the 605 people that gave $100. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a play on concept. So if you guys give $100, I want to make sure and get you guys a, a cool t-shirt too. Um, but, um, and our students more than, I think more than any other year since we have, uh, than this year, our students are giving records amounts of money. They're doing just a great job giving to missions, seeing the need, advancing the kingdom of God through their giving. Uh, it has been awesome. It's just such a, it's, it's super cool to hang out with teenagers and to uh, learn from them, grow with them. It's just been awesome. Um, why don't you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13, verses uh, 11 through 14. I'm going to be reaching out of the New Living Translation um, there's a Bible in your front of your pew that we have provided for you. It's the New Living Translation. Um, we're going to be out of Romans chapter 13 today, and we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about how we got to ultimately the whole this whole message is about we're talking about being spiritually spiritually alive in Christ, being awake in Christ, and spiritually we have to put on Christ-like garments like choosing to put Jesus on, just the same way that you chose to put on your shirt and your pants today, your shoes, we have to choose to put on Christ every single day that we're awake. Okay? Um, let's, um, I, I guess I want to quickly just a little, a little throw this out there too. I think that Scripture teaches a, a difference between being spiritually alive and spiritually dead versus being spiritually sleepy or asleep and awake and the the difference is just that if you're dead you don't know christ you don't have any active relationship and you never have sleepy you can you can become um 
you can become dead in Christ in your sleep, but I think that what Paul is talking about in Romans here is really talking about how Christians, God-fearing people, people that have been raised in the church, it's possible for us to fall asleep. Even though you know we might still be saved, quote-unquote, we're not really living in the fullness that God has for us as children. But I want to show one more video about kind of our theme that it's time that we wake up and we put on Christ. Seven continents, five oceans, 7.2 billion people. Time is the world's currency, and each drop of sand pushes us closer to the end. Our relentlessly decreasing time forces us to the global front lines of evangelism to help people exchange momentary treasures for eternal glory. For such a time as this, this time has become your time in history to run your portion of this relay race against time. The time to give is now. The time to sow is now. The time to sacrifice is now. The time to make Jesus known is now. It's time. All right, starting on page 945, if you're using a pew Bible. Never gets old, <laughs> right? All right, let's, um, let's start with Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Okay, it's just the, the bottom of this, the, the bottom paragraph here. It says, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than we, when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like you would dirty clothes and put on shining armor of right living because we belong to the day we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You know, Paul here, just in, in that first verse or so, he says, you know, that they, the Romans need to wake up for our salvation is so much nearer. You know, Paul's implying that they're asleep. That or he's looking at the fruit. Either, either way, he's telling them, you, you guys need to get with it and wake up in your faith. Um, you know, I wonder if the Romans actually felt asleep. I wonder if they thought to themselves like, yeah, Paul's right, we are asleep, we need to wake up. Or if they were just living their lives casually, kind of in coast mode for the rapture. That, does that make sense? You know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> sometimes I think as Christians it's possible that we go about our lives and um, you know, we can have amazing days, we can have awesome moments of, of just victory and God's just making himself so known. But I believe that there are, are days that we can, just same way, just naturally, we can be sleepy at work we can, be, we can have a day where we're sleepy in our faith or sleepy, uh, just have a week of sleepiness. We could be asleep for a year, maybe some of us a decade. I mean, that, that's just the worst case scenario because God died so that we don't have to be. But I think it's possible that we can be asleep and not know it. 
One of the first uh, messages that my brother ever shared, he shared an illustration about himself, and so I, I think it's assume, uh, fair to assume that I can share that same illustration that he used. He, when we were young, we were having a birthday party. And if they, does anybody know of a, um, of a friend, relative, that sleeps as if they're dead? Like, no matter, you could drop them off a cliff and they would just remain sleeping, you know, and then they wake up at the bottom of the cliff. Like, they're, they're, they sleep that hard. Does any, you guys, anyone, anyone know of a friend or a family member that sleeps so hard? My brother, Nathaniel, he's a youth pastor out in Rapid City. He sleeps like a rock. There's, uh, we have done, the stories are endless. I can't go there. I wish I could, but I can't. But one story I will share is, one time we were having a birthday party. And uh, we were having a birthday party and we we're watching all these movies. Well, some of us were upstairs hanging out. Some of us were downstairs, just a bunch of guys hanging out, having fun. Well, it gets to be, you know, one, two, three in the morning. And it's like, okay, guys, we gotta, we gotta pull the plug sometime. We gotta go to bed. I'm so tired. And so we're like, yeah, come and go down, check on, <laughs> go check on Nathaniel. You know, I have draw straws. No, not me, please. Don't let it be, you know, so much responsibility, you know, getting him up the stairs. Anyway, it was a disaster. So anyway, I, um, I went down there and I, I'm just, I'm looking at Nathaniel and he's kind of doing one of these numbers like you don't know if he's awake, you don't know if he's a, you know, awake or asleep. And Anyway, I, I got him to stand up. I said, Nathaniel, we got to stand up, we got to go to bed. He's like, okay. And he's just standing there. He's holding, he's holding a, a plate of pizza and he's holding it. He's like, okay, sounds good. So he's moving. Uh, I, I leave the room for, first. He follows me and he goes, and I tell him, hey Nathaniel, hit the TV, let's go to bed. He's like, okay. So he grabs the remote and he's hitting the, he's trying to turn off the TV, you know, and he's going like this. He's just, just like, why isn't it turning off? And he's looking at me and, I'm, and he's like, why isn't it turning off? And, uh, and I'm just looking at all this. I'm just, I cannot believe this is happening. The remote that he thinks he's using is actually the slice of pizza on his plate. <laughs> he has a piece of pizza and he's pressing the pepperoni like, turn it off, turn it off. And he's totally, I mean, just, he's talking to me. He's looking at the TV. He's not like, you know, he's like totally awake, but yet he's totally gone. I mean, he's sleeping. What, a, what I just couldn't believe it. I, he ha, he's like, John, can you turn off the TV for me? And he hands me the pizza. <laughs> and I'm just standing there like, I can't believe this is happening right now. That's the type of hard sleeper my brother is. And I think, bringing it back, I think sometimes as Christians, it's possible for us to be living the same way. It's that, you know, we, we, can, we can function, we can like do things that we can do partially or just completely like ridiculously, you know. Um, as Christians, we need to make sure that we're not sleeping. So I just want to ask all your neighbors right now, am I sleeping? Ask them right now, just am I sleeping? Have you noticed that I'm sleeping? You know, sometimes like... You know, sometimes, you know, to say, because my first point is wake up. We need to wake up. This, is, this message probably since I've been at this church has been one of the hardest ones for me to write because I just, it's so, it's just so cutting. And I, and I ask God, like, God, you have to cut my heart and, and challenge me and convict my heart in this growth too. So, like, we're, we're growing together. It's not like I stand up here and, like, I'm, I mean, I should just sit down on a pew with you and just kind of talk, you know, but I won't do that. But no, we're all growing together. This is something we're all growing in. It's, it's, you know, becoming more like Christ, throwing off the old life, putting Christ on. It's waking up to the fact that Jesus is coming. Jesus has come, and we should start living our lives like he did. And so um, 
we got to first look at the things that cause us to sleep, though. I mean, you know, if I, if I asked, I mean, some of you guys might, might have said, like, no, I'm not sleeping, or no, I don't see you sleeping. But how do we know whether we're sleeping or not? Because Nathaniel in, 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 the, in the story didn't know he was sleeping. He thought he was fully awake. And I'm sure we all have stories of sleepwalking and all that craziness. I've tried to do homework in my sleep. And, like, I woke up, you know, midnight, walked downstairs, tried to pull out a... I was homeschooled, and so I, I went downstairs, tried to pull out a test. And I'm, like, sleep, trying to, like, take this test. It's crazy. I mean, when we think that we're awake, but we're actually asleep, it's, it's, a, it's a very dangerous thing when, when we're talking about our eternity, our spirituality. And so three things that I see, just uh, there's probably a million, but three things, three areas that we're going to cover, and they're all kind of semi the same thing. So just stick with me. The first thing that causes us to become kind of drowsy in our faith, like, oh, man, like you might be fully awake. You know, you might have had a coffee, a Red Bull this morning, a monster, whatever whatever your fancy is. But the first thing that causes us to get a little drowsy is living our lives preferring ourselves, okay? So that means like we live our everyday lives, like I'll go and um, I'll, you know, I'll get up and do the dishes or I'll get up and do, you know, take out the dog so he can, you know, go potty or I'll go and do the, the, the laundry or something. Everyday things, or I'll go to the grocery store or, you know, I'll go to a ball game for my son and we just live our entire lives so that I can get my agenda done. I just want to prefer myself. If, we're, if that's the way we live our life, when we, go, when we walk into a supermarket, we have a list. Who, who uses lists? Does anyone use lists in here? All the responsible people? Yeah, I just, you know, whatever, yeah. I'm learning, guys, I'm learning. My wife is starting to give me a list. Don't come home with lightsabers and tapes, you know. <laughs> no, we need a list, but, but getting back, <laughs> I killed Joy. We gotta get back to this is, is that, you know, when we, when we walk into a, a supermarket or we, or we go to a, a football game, if, if our hearts are not positioned, like, Holy Spirit, I know that you bought me with a price. I no longer live. It's you who live in me, and your will should come first. So if you were walking the supermarket or if you came to this event, this football game, what would concern you? Because, you know, Jesus says to pray that the kingdom of God will be advanced on earth. Jesus, his, he's coming again, and he's coming, you know, it's gonna be beautiful. He's, it's a, it, he's a handsome groom coming up to pick up a beautiful bride, one without spotless, just, just he, one without spots, but one that is spotless. But the thing is, is that um, we, can, we, have, we have to position our hearts. We have to say, God, this life is yours. Completely, everything that I'm doing, whether it's a football game, whether it's a, just anything that you do, we have to make sure that we're not living our, our lives just preferring me, just getting my agenda done. Yeah, we went to the ball game for my son, and we went, and I got my laundry done, and, 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 and just it's all, it's all focused on me. Next thing causes us to be sleepy. Just, and this is the most obvious one. This is the one that I think a lot of us do well in. Um, do well not doing. <laughs> Let me say that. Uh, living our lives in sin, just blatant sin. So these are the things like, you know, you know what is sin? You know, uh, sin is just do, doing something or not doing something that God has just point blank told us to do. Some things in scripture are a little bit, you just, we're not 100% sure. There might be a little gray areas. And, you know, that's where Paul starts talking about the, the matter of the conscience. But 
there are a lot of things in Scripture that tell us things that are good that we should be doing and things that we really shouldn't. You know, so these things are like stealing, hating, adultery, you know, just the, the obvious things. If, if we're practicing sin, there, we can be sure that we're, we're falling asleep just, and, and we're okay with it. Now, it's, it's a whole nother ballgame when, when we slip up and we're like, God, oh man, I didn't want that to happen. God, forgive me. Help me in, this, in my growth. That's completely different. But when we're saying, you know, it, it's all right, you know, God's going to be a while, you know. As long as I just say I'm sorry right before I die, you know, that mentality of last minute getting our lives right. And the last thing that I see in the scripture that causes us to be sleepy are living our lives without an active relationship in Jesus. You know, uh, you know, uh, for instance, or nope, we don't, we don't like to pray or we don't pray. Um, there's no Bible reading, no, uh, you know, Pastor Tom shared that this is God's revelation to humans. Uh, how in the world can we know God unless we know his revelation? It's just like a diary or a journal. I mean, if you want to know what, what he loves and what he hates, just read, read his journal. He, he loves to reveal it to us, and that's why it's complete. But every single one of these things, whether you said, yeah, I've, you know, I'm living my life preferring myself or living my lives in sin, just blatant sin, or I'm living my life without an active relationship with Christ, one or all of them, basically, it, it shows the fruit of these is that it shows that we're sleepy or that we have completely fallen us. You know, when it, when our when our hearts are centered on me, and every single one of these things are when our hearts are centered on me, you can almost in, always ensure that sleeping. Let's uh, let's read verses. Um, Actually, you know what, let me, let me talk really quick about, you know, why some people are like, well, you know, slumber's not that bad of a thing, right? Spiritual slumber, well, why is spiritual slumber a bad thing? Why would it be bad? Um, 2 Peter 3.3 3 says, um, actually, yeah, you can hold off, guys. I'll, I'll just read it. 2 Peter 3.3, 3, you can write this down so you can, you can look it up later. But most importantly, Peter says this about... Uh, slumber in the last days. I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the time of our answers, everything's just has remained the same since the world was first created. See, what slumber, the, the, the main reason why slumber is so dangerous is because it causes us to miss moments where Christ wants to make himself known. Ultimately, when slumber is our reality, it's, and then when we're living in slumber, you know, we'll be at the, we'll be at the ball game, and, and we feel maybe a prompting, because you know, sons and daughters hear God's voice. I mean, every son and daughter. So if you get promptings in your heart, like to do good deeds, to do good things, that's Holy Spirit nudging you to do them. And sometimes I feel those, and sometimes I obey, sometimes I don't, sometimes I struggle. I think all of us can relate with that, but Say you're at a ball game and, and Holy Spirit's nudging you, you know, um, and, you, and, and we're living in sin or you know, we're preferring ourselves or we like, you know what, I don't really have time. I got to get home because I got to get this done and this done and this done. Or, or you know, uh, or say we haven't even connected with God's heart for a week. It's just going to be so natural to not want to demonstrate God's love in that moment 
because slumber just causes us to just to just be completely uh, dormant to the moment, just completely miss the moment that God wanted to make Himself known. So it's it's a terrible thing. It's it. So we have we have to become awake. Let's read verses eleven and twelve from Romans chapter thirteen. Rome, Romans eleven. Uh, Romans 13, 11 through 12, the first part of verse 12. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The, gone. the day of salvation will soon be here. You know, when, he, when Paul wrote this, he literally thought Jesus was like maybe coming this weekend, tomorrow, like literally minutes away. Paul was so was so convinced that Christ was just, he was just on the horizon. But now for you and I, you know, it's like, okay, well, that, you know, we've been waiting for over 2,000 years for his return. And uh, if, you know, when we, when, we start, when we start missing those moments and when we're not staying connected to God's heart, it can cause us to become sleepy. It can cause us to become like, is he really ever going to come back? I don't really know. And again, we just go back to that lifestyle of, well, you know, maybe, maybe next year once um, the evangelist comes in or maybe next year, uh, you know, when I, when I go on that year, year or month-long fast, then I'll start sharing my faith. But Scripture reveals that God has given us everything that we need, everything that we need for life and godliness. All we have to do is begin to obey, apply it and obey it. So, it's this whole concept of waiting, you know, this 2,000 years that we've been waiting. Our culture is so not good with waiting. We hear this often, but I was reading this, this article on Bible.org, and it was, it was talking about how that whole flight attendant strike and how, you know, uh, so many people, were, their flights were delayed because all these flight attendants went on strike. It caused so many people to be delayed, and they, everyone was frustrated, naturally so, because they pay a lot of money and they want to be on time. Um, you know, and the very fact that we, we ride on a plane is so that we don't have to wait less to travel a farther distance. Um, think about the communications that we have today. You know, back in Babel, the Tower of Babel, remember when man was just, all spoke the same language and, you know, God himself said, you know, when man comes together, nothing shall be impossible for them because we, we're just so connected. Communication now, which normally would have taken months it can now be achieved in just a few minutes. Just, uh, yeah, I'll see your face. I'll be talking to you. I'll be in Huron, and you'll be in Beijing, China. Minutes away, just like this. And normally, I mean, that would, that's just unheard of. You know, you might, you might make it to Beijing, China once in your lifetime, let alone ever come back from that trip. But the, we, we don't like waiting. We, we, you know, um, what about our, um, even our meals? You know, you can go to Walmart or, or um, Lewis. You can pick up chicken pot pies. And, you know, anyone like a homemade chicken pot pie? I love homemade chicken pot That's like my, one of my favorite meals. Um, but you can, go, you can go to these grocery stores, pick one up, and throw it in the microwave, and two and a half minutes later, you have a hot, fresh chicken pot pie. Crazy. We don't like to wait. You know, uh, even, you know, the, the concept of, you know, buying a car, buying a house. You know, years ago, it was cash or nothing. I mean, you... Had to have cash. Now you can go to the bank. You know, fewer and fewer people are waiting to enjoy sexual intimacy within the boundaries of marriage. We're just, we're just so not 
accustomed to waiting. Our culture is terrible. If we look through Scripture, though, look at Noah. I mean, he, he waited for God. A hundred years, right? A hundred years before God sent the rain. What about Abraham, who waited 25 years? He, God told him, you're going to have a son. He's like, okay, sounds good. He's 75 years at the time. Huh, 25 years old, and then he has to wait 25 years, and now he's 100. And he's like, is that not ever coming? And then he has a son at 100 years old. You know, he also was told that he would eventually acquire the promised land, but it never happened in his lifetime. He died waiting. So all throughout Scripture, people were waiting. Remember when Jesus waited to arrive at Lazarus' tomb? And then as soon as Jesus arrived, Mary and Martha made sure to give them their, their thoughts about, like, Jesus, you know, you shouldn't have waited. You should have came. And Jesus, and Jesus you know, ended up healing Lazarus. But the point is, human beings, we just so, we think that we know what's best for God's timing and his purpose. And like Abraham, we want to have an answer, you know, like right now. And if Abraham, he, he was just faithful. He just con- he continued. He didn't have to have what God promised him. He just knew that God would. And look at, look at us, you know, 10,000 years ago, God promised him the, the descendants as seashore and the descendants as the stars. And here we are sitting in fulfillment of that promise. God, God knows his timing is always good. His plans are always perfect. Um, so, you know, we're doing all this wait, waiting. So when is Jesus coming back? All right, that's what everyone wants to know. Is if we can know when Jesus is coming back, then we can just kind of like, you know, get, get our, our, our stuff in order and then, you know, cross on over to eternity. Yay. But this isn't a message about setting dates and times. <laughs> this is just a message of what Scripture teaches. Peter uh, 3.9 says, I think it's Second uh, Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. See, the, one of the major chief reasons why Jesus hasn't returned yet is because he's being slow for your neighbor's sake. He's being slow for your co-worker's sake. He's being slow for all these people who don't know Christ for their sake. But the issue is, is that, um, you know, we have to partner with that. We have to partner with him. Jesus said, um, when Jesus walked the planet, he said, I've come to seek and save the lost. He told people that. I've come to actually seek out those who are lost and save them. And now he's in heaven. He's there sitting at the right hand of God. That's what scripture teaches. And he's being so patient. And he's, he's being patient for people to be saved. How are they going to be saved unless someone is sent? You know, how, how are they going to be saved? How, how is any, any unbeliever going to become a believer? Out of God's mercy... God is revealing to people in dreams all, all, all across the uh, Muslim world. Christians can't get in there. Some are, but many can't. So God is being gracious. He's giving them dreams, revelations of Christ. But we, we're, we live in freedom. We, we work, we rub shoulders with, with, with workers every day. And God wants us to partner with heaven. He doesn't want us to just wait until wedding day and we're shot up out of here. He wants us to be active. He wants us to, to actually partner with heaven's priority. 
But we need to wake up. We need to wake up. The time is short. Um, you know, there's, there's one thing. Uh, I'm going to show one last video here. But in heaven, we're going to have a lot of awesome things. Scripture teaches on some of them. I'm not going to go there today. But in heaven, there's going to be a lot of awesome. Um, the greatest um, reward is Jesus. Seeing him face to face and spending eternity just receiving from him, giving to him, receiving from him, giving to him. It's just a relation. But there's going to be one thing that we just absolutely cannot, and that's share Jesus with an unbelief. So it's time now to wake up. We have to choose to wake up, throw off the slumber. We have to choose to wake up because pretty soon it's going to be too late. In 1912, April 15th, 2000. 250 passengers passed away on the Titanic. They, uh, they, they died in, at Steve's terrible tragedy. They hit an iceberg around midnight. I wanted to show one little clip of, um, of the scene, the aftermath of, of that ship, that great ship going down. Come on ahead, sir. Pause! Do you see any moving? No, sir. None moving, sir. Check them! Bring that oar up here. Check them, make sure. These are dead, sir. Now give way. Ahead easy. Careful with your oars. Don't hit them. Is there anyone alive out there? Can anyone hear me? Is there anyone alive out there? We waited too long. Well, keep checking them! Keep looking! Is there anyone alive up there? Can anyone hear me? The reality of uh, the spiritual, our spiritual lives is this, is this is a day that's coming. Spiritually, it's that there's, there will be a moment when wedding day for us, and it's, it's going to be incredible, there's going to be a day when it's going to be too late for everyone else. And we're going to say we waited too long. We waited too long. Keep looking, but everyone will be dead. It's slightly disturbing seeing those images on there, but it's going to even be way more disturbing then on that day. So the, the response, so now we've got the issue in front of us. We've got to wake up, okay, and that day is coming, and that's a horrendous day. So what's our response? Our response is that we need to get dressed spiritually. We need to put on Christ like, new, like a new garment. So let's, all the way back in verse 8, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. See, God doesn't, this, you know, we use this passage a lot to talk about don't go into, into debt, natural debt. But also, I think, 
the heart of Paul here is he's saying, I mean, think about it, the obligation uh, to love. How he says, except for your obligation to love one another. Because you are obligated to love one another. But then, in the natural sense, we have an obligation to go to work. Okay? Which one of the two are greater in our lives? You know, without fail, if you want to feed your family, if you want to ride in a car, stay in a house, you have to go to work. That's, that's, you're obligated, period. If you don't, you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, that's, that's even scriptural. And so we're so obligated to work, but Paul's here is saying, like, guys, don't let that trump your, your, um, your obligation to love one another. Don't let that look greater than the way that we actually treat each other. Last week, uh, some of you guys, uh, I sent out a text message saying, hey, some, some people um, are moving to town. They need help unloading a pickup, um, and it's their entire house. You guys were so fast on it. We got in and out of there in an hour and a half. You just saw a need, and you reached in there, and you, and you helped. That's, that's one, just one little example about how to show love, demonstrating love to one another. Um, Let's, let's read verses, um, that, so, so the first thing, if we're going to put on Christ, he is love. We have to love one another. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's one thing. If we're loving one another, if we're preferring others, that's one huge way to stay awake in our, in our spiritual walk. If we're, if, if we're preferring ourselves, we're probably going to sleep. So prefer others. And that doesn't mean unloading a pickup. That could be, you know, uh, Buying someone's groceries, that can be saying, hey, God bless you to a very cranky wait- waitress. That could be anything, just advancing, making Jesus famous in the moment. Don't, don't, um, don't miss the moment. Notice the moment and share it. Share the moments. So let's read verses uh, 12 quick. 12, the second part of 12 and through 14, all in the same chapter there. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on shining armor of right living because we belong to the day and we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Here, instead of doing the second thing we talked about that puts us to sleep, it's actually throw off the dirty clothes. We have to remove them like dirty clothes. You have to, you have to choose to remove them. You know, um, yesterday, um, I had a plug stewer. I don't know how else to sugarcoat that. We had a plug stewer, and it was backing up. It was making a mess. After we got done wrestling the sewer snake, um, I was filthy, just completely filthy. I went upstairs, and I was kind of, like, tired, and I just kind of wanted to sit down. And so I was thinking, well, I'll just go sit on my living room furniture, you know. But the culture that's in, in um, my house is, you know, sewage and my living room don't go together. And you know who was the first to tell me that, of course? My wife, you know. He's like, go take a shower, go get dressed, you know. And so what, what, do, what, do, I, what do I do? I mean, I, I said, wow, okay. If that culture doesn't match my culture, I have to change this culture to match that culture. And it's the same way with God. God did not pay a, a big of, that big of a price for you to keep the old dirty clothes on. He didn't pay that big of a price for me to keep my old life on. You know, the old life here in this, in this passage is talking about, um, you know, uh, It's, it's talking about the dirty clothes here in, in Romans 13. It says wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, immoral living, quarreling, jealousy. 
Uh, anyone ever feel jealousy in the last week? And you know, it's it's there, but it's just it's again, it's not an issue of whether you um, whether you're tempted by it. It's whether you're you're saying, yeah, come on in, I invite you in. That's okay, you know, um, and and living in and justifying the garbage, the old life. You know, uh, God paid so much of a price for that new suit, that new man, that new creation. Everything has become new. That. He doesn't want us to stay where, where we were at or go back to the things we once loved. He wants us to hate the things we once loved and to love go after his heart. You know, uh, I mean, even think about your own. My, my issues, my dirty clothes look probably different than yours. Maybe they're the same, but it doesn't really matter. I think, I think it's so important, though, that whatever those dirty clothes are, keeps shining light. Keep shining light. Because when you shine light in darkness, it has to leave, you know? And so find accountability. You know, I, I'm accountable to Pastor Tom, to my wife, to others. Um, they're getting reports of things that I see on the internet. They're, they're, you know, I'm open with them when they ask me how I'm doing. I'm open with them. Find, find people in your life, brothers and sisters, that you can trust and that you can grow with. Because we're all in it. I mean, you know, whether, it's, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, some of us might be, you know, hitting these wild parties and getting drunk and doing all these, like, you know, we would think is terrible things. We, some of us might be doing them, but it doesn't matter whether it's that, jealousy, gossip, anything. If we're saying, yes, come on in, it's, it's, it's like putting on the sewer clothes and sitting down on God's furniture. We don't want to do that. We want to take that off, put on some new clothes, and, um, and, and, and re- uh, enjoy our relationship with him. The last one... Um, Verse 14 here. Actually, verse 13, just really quick, that God wants us to be seen by all. That, that just, a, just a cool point. God wants us to be seen by all. There's a reason for that, and I'm going to let you, you figure that out, what the reason is. Why does God want us to be seen by everyone? The employee, the waitress, not just like Jonathan Mullen, but Jesus in you. Jesus, Jesus in you, Jesus in me. Um, but verse 14, it says, instead... Romans 13 still. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let anyone think about your ways, or don't, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Jesus valued, more than anything, his relationship with the Father. He said, you know, in John 6.30, he said, I, I have not come down from heaven to do my own will, but to do the will of God who sent me. Then he said, you know, the thief's purpose, this is not necessarily the will, but the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Satan would love to do to every single one of you. Steal, kill, destroy your faith. Cause to sleep and die in that. That's what he wants from us. But Jesus said that he came to give them a rich and satisfying life. And, and whether, you know, whether you're a prosperity gospel, if you're moved by that, that's fine, but what he's saying is, if you have Jesus, you have everything. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. And so that's, that's why Jesus came. So does your purpose for living, what, what makes you tick throughout the day, is that what, is that, is, does it mirror the purpose of Jesus? Because, you know, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. If you're a son or a daughter, that's one of the, uh, that, that's one of the, the contingencies, is that now we belong to the Father's will. The same thing that, God, that Jesus said, 
I didn't come to earth to do my will, but God's will is literally become the phrase that we are supposed to live in. I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do God's will. One of the ways that you can get involved, uh, you know, in, in um, uh, I guess you could say in um, preferring others, one thing to keep you awake, preferring others, um, um, you have to throw off sin, putting on the new nature, and finally throwing off, uh, or excuse me, to actually clothe ourselves in the presence of Christ. All these things keep us awake, but one way to stay awake is giving to, to mission. It's preferring someone else over ourselves. You know, how much, how much would you give? I mean, if you were unsaved, how much would you give someone to offer that same hope to you, you know? I mean, these are just, these are just numbers. I mean, at the end of the day, at, I mean, at the, end of, at the end of our lives, how much have we given to missions isn't really the issue. The issue is where our hearts are at. Are they positioned to notice moments like these and to partner with why God is delaying? God is delaying so that you and I partner in, in his purpose. The human right, the greatest, justice on the, the, the greatest justice on the planet in general is that everyone has the right to hear about Jesus at least once. Just at least once. And so this year what we're doing is we're partnering with a, a missionary uh, uh, or a, a missions organization called Free International. Free, Free International, we had one of the representatives, Lowell Holcalter, here just last last year I believe it was and he spoke on um, uh, he spoke on do you see this woman do you see her and his ministry focuses on freeing sex slaves people that have been sold into prostitution that have been taken um, and, and sold into prostitution the stories that he has are un, unreal unhumane inhumane you just cannot even think that what he's telling you is the truth but fortunately is and so the money that you give today, what we're doing with the money is we're giving it to that organization and they're taking it and they're buying uh, safety vehicles. They kind of look like semi-trucks. They pull up and they'll go to a very highly populated areas such as Super Bowl, Sturgis. They'll go to you know the Mall of America. They'll go to very populated areas and they'll set up a safe area for these girls to be rescued out of. It's, just, it's a long process to rescue these girls out and if you want more information, freeinternational.org. But that's what you guys, you're preferring the person that has been forgotten. You're preferring the girl that has been sold. That's, this is one venue for you guys to show that I'm, I'm awake. And if I'm not, God help me to be awake. This is one step to be awake. Again, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, whether you're alive in Christ or dead in Christ. That's not, that, that's not what this message is for. This message is simply to ask, are, is your heart still positioned to make Christ, to, to let Christ do something? Is your heart still positioned uh, to, to make Christ known wherever you go? That's, that's all that this message is. And it's really simple, and it's time, past time now, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity. Um, I'm going to have a couple teenagers. Um, you can just put some music on. Um, um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to, to demonstrate it. I'm, I'm going to grab uh, an envelope. I'm going to just ask you guys to come and grab an envelope. Every one of them has a dollar amount on them. Grab one. Um, pray about it. You don't have to write the check today or, or any, any of that today. You can just try to get it in by next the end of next month if, if you choose to partner with Feed the Light. 
the teenagers and free international. If you want to show God, you know, man, I want to, I, I really think this is valuable and I want to be, get involved, I want to give you that opportunity. Again, if you give $100, I want to make sure you get a t-shirt. But more than, more than just a t-shirt or a banner on the wall or a trophy on the wall, this is, this is, these are the steps that it takes to, to keep our hearts soft to his voice, keep our hearts soft to, to really, guys, we got to wake up. You know, that a day is like a thousand years to God, but he's right on the horizon. He's right on the horizon. And so uh, I'm going to just pray. And, uh, and then if a couple teenagers are going to help me, if you, if you cannot come to the front, uh, for whatever reason, um, they will bring you one if you just raise your hand after I'm done praying, okay? So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for my, my family, God, that I'm growing with. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, I, can't, there's, I cannot hide from you. I cannot hide my, the way I live from you, God. You know that I need help to wake up, that I have to stop preferring myself, God, that I, Lord, I have to throw off the sin. Lord, sometimes I try to go back because Lord, it's just so enticing, so easily entangled. God, Lord, help me to value a relationship. God, more than I value anything else, more than a relationship with my family members, uh, the, the weekend, break times at work, bonuses at work. God, more than all of that, Lord, help me to value a relationship more than any of that. Cause my heart Jesus, God, Jesus, Amen. If uh, if you want to pray, uh, you can grab a you can grab an envelope and feel free to pray here in the front with us. Um, if you need to get going, that's fine too. But um, yeah, if you can just have the envelopes back by the end of next uh, month, that would be awesome. Again, if you need an envelope, go ahead and raise your hand, and then we can bring one back. To you.